Welcome, everybody, to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm super grateful, honored, and blessed to welcome uh, Master Ko to the show. This man is a man that I've, as I've spent a lot of time with Tony, uh, really raving in the front row. Uh, this man has been a gentleman that has shown up in such peace and wisdom. And I'm just very grateful today to spend time with you. Thank you for coming. Oh, such an honor, Dr. Eric. Such an honor. Thank you. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Master Ko is really an, an amazing co-author of Your Hands Can Heal You and Power of Prana. As a leading expert in the area of meditation and, and, and really Eastern energetic practices, Master Ko has spent the last 30 years uh, sharing these teachings globally. He's taught the energetic approach to stress relief and productivity through workshops at different organizations like Google, NASA, the Chopra Center, Kaiser, um, Motorola, Microsoft, General Electric, so on and so forth, including the University of California and Berkeley, and has really been a key facilitator and support uh, for Tony Robbins at the Unleash the Power Within events, which is where I got the pleasure of really learning about uh, your work and um, the the time that you spend and the focus, but really your goal and, and Master Co. I'm super grateful, you know, for you to be who you are, to train other people to empower that this energy and this ability to focus on this personal development within yourself to really create this well being, to create this greater energy and this deep, deeper spiritual connection to ourself to really live this practical and more fulfilling life so with that i just want to again once again you know welcome you and acknowledge your work and you know the dedication and devotion i know that it takes to follow this path uh even when sometimes the external world doesn't want you to so thank you bro oh <laughs> thank you very much for for acknowledging that um yeah it's i can't see myself doing anything else let's put it that way it's, it's one of those things where uh <laughs> been doing it for let me see seriously about 19 since 1988 actually so i don't know i lost count 30 some years and, and uh unlike you or most people i didn't do it out of choice it was out of desperation so anyway please i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no you're not interrupting and uh Tell me about that. That's really interesting. So the experience of our life, I always say that our X factor uh, and it really determines our Y, our purpose. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about, tell us a little bit about that experience of our life or your life, because I do feel like many of us sometimes don't have a choice other than going inside. And this something is definitely resonant for me in terms of having that internal yearning of knowing uh, that we have a deeper responsible role and it's the choice becomes a responsibility. And so maybe that's something that resonates with you, but, I, but I'd love to know a little bit more about what was the experience that really cultivated that helped you manifest your big why and driving inside? Well, I wish it was as spiritual as the way you put it, but it was more of a, let's put it this way, it was more of a desperation and a, a selfish experience, if you will. What what happened was my wife fell from about you know three meters, broke her hip, and basically separated. That it was a compound fracture. So after the doctor put it up, put it together with, through traction, they told me they told us it'll take three and a half months before she can walk, and I said no way, that's way too long. You know, in the back of my mind, I go, man, that's too long. If she can't walk, then I'm stuck at home. It was all a selfish thing. I'm, that's I'm, I want to share this with you. It was all about me, myself, and I. So I had to look for ways to heal her so, you know, I can get on with my life. It was, a, it was really stupid. But anyway, that's the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So I found my teacher in the Philippines who taught me this technique called pranic healing. Prana is life force healing, pranic healing. So I took the class. Not because I want to be spiritual, I want to be a good healer. I just want to fix her so it doesn't crap my style. <laughs> you know, I'm not kidding. So anyway, make a long story short. I did a technique on her. 
three, four times a day. In two weeks, she was walking. Five days, she was five uh, five weeks. She was walking. Uh, no running. And this was verified by X-ray. And the interesting thing is, I barely felt the energy, if I even felt it, and I didn't even believe it because I'm an engineer by trade. You know, I'm moving my hands in the air, meditating. Let me do any of that stuff. But I just want to fix it. But the funny part is, you know, when you serve someone, you might not like it, but your heart is inching open. And before you know it, I go, how about my mom? My mom has indigestion. Let me try this on you. And she got better. I go, before you know it, I go, let me try it on this person. And that was 1988. And at some point, my teacher sent me here to the United States. As I said, the rest is history. I've been teaching and healing ever since. <laughs> so that was my journey. <laughs> Beautiful. And this, these hands that really have developed within you, anybody can access this type of energy. Is this correct? Exactly. I always tell people uh, when they come to our classes, I go, if I'm the only person who can do this on stage, you must all go home. You're wasting your time. Because the whole idea is this life force is everywhere. It's a fabric of the universe, prana, chi, life force. And all you need to know is how to actively use it. Because everybody uses it already. When you're stressed out, you do breathing exercises, you visualize. Anything that you do with your thoughts, your emotions, you're manipulating this universal fabric either to help you or if you're unaware of it, it could hurt you. And we just focus more on the healing aspect. Then later on, my teacher started telling me, well, this life force can be applied to speed up the healing of the body. But at the same time, this same life force is the movement of energy between two people in the relationship. So when a relationship's not doing well, that means instead of giving loving energy that moves back and forth, there's criticism, there's anger. So by understanding, oh, I should stop that. I should project this different frequency because now you understand it. And then he goes, oh, on top of that, it affects your finances. Because when a person has poverty consciousness, worry, cares, concerns, they're using the same fabric energy, actually creating these thoughts and emotions that actually put up walls of hindrance for them to be successful. And that's where things turn on for me. I go, well, it literally affects every part of our lives. And meditation and spiritual practice is a way for anyone to get in touch with that energy. Once they get in touch with that energy, then they can direct it to their health, their relationships, their finances, and their spiritual development. So that's what got me excited. It's really fascinating because I do find that this is the great way to manifest as, as long as you're willing to take more of that internal recognition of being aware of it. And then you start to manifest these things from the inside out. Uh, for example, yesterday I was having, you know, an interview with Pritaji and I said to her, Oh, I'm going to meet uh, Krishnaji. Uh, I'm sure I'm certain of it. And then not even a couple hours later, him and I were having a discussion just outside uh, mm -hmm. and it just happened just the unit the fabric of the universe really just brought everything together and it's really like speaking into existence and i'm curious because you know in the past these manifestations would take maybe years or months or weeks and now i'm noticing they're taking hours mm -hmm. seconds and so this uh what would you say you know, how people can start to really start to access these type of manifestations from their thoughts, their emotions, and of course, their behavior and imperfect actions. Well, not to get too technical about it, but I'll do, do what I can to just make it uh, a little more tangible. It's as simple as if you were to just feel something or think something, what you're doing, you, the spiritual self, the soul, the atma, the alma, depending on what language you want to use, you're actually creating, you're taking this fabric in the universe, you're creating a certain form. So if I say, oh, I'm so excited, I'm going to meet Eric tonight in this podcast, for example, what happens is energetically, if you have somebody who could see energy, there's actually like a light that comes off my energy field and then just takes off into the energy world and starts to move around interacting with different energies that come from you, from other people, and then things just arrange itself in the energy world. And if you do this enough times, you've actually paved certain highways in the energy world that make it faster to come to the material world. 
So you always hear people saying the physical world is a reflection of the inner world or the energy world. But what people don't tell you is that energy world is easily affected by our thoughts and our emotions. So if you sit there and always complain, you wonder how come things don't work because well, guess what you've been doing, depositing in that energy world. But as you were saying, since you live in a high vibrating emotional mental state, then that manifestation of what you want, it's shorter and shorter because you already put so much out there that is vibrating to your frequency. And of course, it's faster to materialization. Does that make any sense? I hope that was not too airy-fairy or weird. <laughs> oh, it really, it really is. It really is. It really is clear. And so the more, uh, and what I'm hearing too, is the more that you take action, even if you have fear, you mm -hmm. materialize more of this uh, energetic uh, reality into the physical form because you're willing to constantly put things out there, even if they're not mm -hmm. perfect, but, but you're willing to do your best. And as a result, that energy starts to come back to you in some capacity. Yes. And also, uh, it's interesting you mentioned about fear. And this is the part we always want people to understand. Every thought, every emotion that we create, positive, negative, neutral, you're creating a thought form. And the example I would use, if I can guide you in the audience in a very simple exercise, because I sure. want to make it experiential, uh, if you don't mind, because I always believe in I love that. practice. Okay, so if you everybody just rub your hands together. <clears throat> By the way, if people watch this on a replay and later on, it happens the same way. Energy is in the universe and time is the fabric that connects them. So it doesn't matter. Okay, press the center of your palms. This is to stimulate the acupuncture point. Then open your hand like this and just put your gentle attention on your palms. Inhale. Focus on your palms. Exhale. Be aware of your palms. Inhale. And gently exhale. And one more time. Inhale. Exhale. All right. So if you gently just Feel your hands out. A lot of you will feel a certain sensation. Now, I want you to have your hands facing each other. This way. <clears throat> and then just imagine there's a cloud of light. And I want you to just gently compress that cloud and release it. Compress that cloud. Release it. <clears throat> compress that cloud again. And release it. All right. Now, by this time, if I ask the audience, most of you would feel a certain sensation in your hands. What you're feeling is the compression of this prana or this life force in between your hands. Now, here's the most important part of the experiment. If you shake your hands for me, okay? Now, just open your palms this way. If I have you feel your hand like this, they feel about the same. However, if I have you do one simple thing, which is look at one of your hands and imagine a red apple. Just look at that hand and just visualize a red apple and also say the word apple five times. Apple, 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 apple. Okay? Now watch. After you do that, I want you to compare the sensation between two hands. Anybody notice something different? Have you? With the hand you visualize and set it. It feels more substantial, like all this, like a weight, right? Now watch this. Put your hand like this and just say disintegrate. Disintegrate, disintegrate, disintegrate. Disintegrate, disintegrate. Okay, put your hand like this. What happened? It feels the same. Okay, so, okay, you can put your hands down. So the question is, what exactly happened? When you went like this, it feels the same. The second you thought of an apple and you said the word apple, Essentially, you, the soul, the spiritual self, gathered this prana and fabricated an energy form of the apple. That's what you call a thought form. I, the reason I chose an apple, so it's neutral. I didn't say happiness, joy, anger, whatever. So people have no attachment. It's just simply an apple. So you created the thought form, but at the same time, you have the ability to disintegrate it. When I say disintegrate, we don't use the word destroy because you can't destroy energy. Disintegrate simply means dismantle it. So it goes back into the universe. Now imagine every single day, how many times have we created thoughts and feelings? 
<clears throat> thousands of times. So in what you call your aura or your energy field, it's like a bubble we're walking around. It's populated by all these thoughts and emotions. Some are more positive, some are negative, some are neutral. Now watch this. This cloud of thoughts and emotions affect us in how we perceive the world. So we're in the company of people who are always very positive. You know, Tony always says proximity is power, right? So if you're people who are high vibration, loving, caring people, that means the aura is populated with loving, caring energy. So when they look at the world, they look at the good the good in people. They see how they can be of service, how they can, somebody's in pain and say, oh, too bad for you. They go, how can I be of service? Because that's what they're populated with. Now, on the opposite side, if you have someone who's around people who are always negative, angry, deceitful, that's what populating the aura. So as they see out the world, they always see the bad stuff. Now, here's the equalizing factor. Once we realize that I created these thoughts and emotions, positive or negative, I get to choose what I create and not create. Step one. Step two, if I notice that, you know, last year the experience was not so good, things didn't go out well, didn't happen well, so I'm feeling angry, depressed, I go, wait, wait, wait. Even the anger, the thoughts of depression, feeling, all these I created. It's not me. I created it. So if that's the case, number one, I can stop doing it. And number two, I can get rid of this and choose to create the ones I want. So now I can have those influence me. So when you meditate, when you're doing meditation, if you remember this, uh, Eric, uh, Sage Robbins always says, meditation is an emptying out. Remember that? And that's exactly it. When you're doing your meditation, if you do the proper type of meditation, you're emptying out the low frequencies. So what's left is the high frequency, love, compassion, mercy, you know, spiritual connection. And so when that's left within you, then when you see out into the world, then you don't have this cloud of stuff that drag you down. Instead, you have these positive energies that keep uplifting you. And so what happens? Then you have the law of attraction at play. Whatever is inside of you, that becomes the attractive element. So if your aura is filled with peace, love, joy, and happiness, you don't have to work so hard. People who are loving and caring, get they get drawn to you. So you're actually using the law of attraction to help you. Now, what people don't realize, the law of attraction can also work against you. So if a person does not clean out their energy field, they're always angry, complaining. Guess what? The law of attraction is also <laughs> attracting the bad stuff to you. But you see, the problem is most people don't know. They're not aware that these thoughts and emotions, number one, they created. Number two, they can have a way of controlling them. And by controlling and creating the ones they want, they can actually create their future. So that's where energy fits into every part of our life. I hope that helps. I, absolutely. And I, I love the way that you're able to uh, elaborate on it in such a clear way, because I do believe that, you know, especially you coming from an engineering background, it's beautiful that you're able to create that clarity because a lot of people are stuck in their minds. Right. And so when we're, when, you know, when we're in our head or dead, right. So uh, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Tony always like love saying that. <laughs> so it, it's fascinating because I do feel like, you know, there's in terms, especially organizational corporations, uh, you know, business uh, components, that there's a lot of this this fabric where it is the very mind, mind, mind. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel like we can do more of, or you know, as organizational leaders, business leaders, you know, to step in to empower the culture within our mm -hmm. organizations so that we can really help refine this way of being, this way of um, operating so that people are dri driven even more towards a shared purpose and empowered to really express themselves fully. I think the first part of that, uh, Eric, I think not just in business, but every part of our life is to have clarity. Because if you don't have clarity, how do you know what you're going after? So you say, oh, I want to have more profits for the company. I want to have better customer service. 
But if you don't have clarity, you won't know what's preventing you from getting there. Because again, because all these thoughts and emotions in the aura, when you look out, you say, hey, I want to have better customer service. I want to have better profits. I want all those. It's a target. But in order to get there, you have to see through this fog and this cloud. So what I usually recommend, that's one of the reasons we put it in there about the different companies that uh, had, had me go over and, and share these things with them is one of the easiest ways to get your people to have clarity is to have structured and sustainable meditation. Because when you have the proper technique, you're clearing things out and then you can see things clearly. Then you know, okay, in order to achieve this increase in profits, these are the steps I need to do. Until they get there, it's just like they're reacting. As you said, they're in their head. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's no clarity. So the spiritual practice is something that they can take into their everyday life. And it doesn't have to be related to a particular religion or culture. Just a proper breathing technique, visualization, these little things help clean the energy field so that whether you're Hindu, you're Muslim, you're Christian, you're atheist, you can avail of these spiritual practices. Like I always say, you can be an atheist and still be a spiritual person. Because being a spiritual person, simply having a realization that you are a spiritual being having an earthly experience, regardless of a religion you belong to or not belong to. If I realize that I'm a spiritual being that can create thoughts and emotions that will affect me positively or negatively and be able to watch that, that every time a negative thought pops up, I go, wait, 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 that's a wrong thought. Disintegrate. Let me create a positive thought. Or if I'm looking at someone and immediately I have a bias, hey, this woman, oh, she's going to be trouble. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just created a thought with no basis. Let me disintegrate this thought. Let me give this person a chance. Because most people don't realize, if I may continue, I hope I'm not taking too much of your time, Eric. Oh, it's amazing. I'm listening. I'm sold present. Okay. <laughs> the easiest way for, for people to have this realization is as simple as this. If I'm a musician, I'm playing a piano, and the musician plays the piano. If I play it properly, I create music. If I just bang on the keys, I create noise. So first realization is I'm not the piano. Second realization, I'm not the noise or the music. So I'm the soul that uses my physical body to create physical movements. The soul is not the body. The mover is not the body. It's not what's being moved. The feelings and the thoughts are something the soul, the I, using emotional body or astral body and mental body to create feelings and thoughts. So a positive or negative thought is basically like music or noise. And so when a person had that realization, hey, I created these thoughts and emotions. They're the wrong ones. Okay, let's stop that. Let's create this instead. Then to take it one step further, as you interact with other people, when somebody's being critical, being angry, projecting all these negative thoughts at you, it's as simple as, wait, if I'm not these thoughts and emotions that I created, I sure as heck am, am not all the junk that you're throwing at me because if I'm not my thoughts, I cannot be the criticism and negative thoughts you're projecting. Because of that, a person will have a realization, okay, the creation is not the creator. So if that's the case, I get to choose what I, I create. I choose to be happy. I just to be joyful. I, jo I choose. That's the point. Without knowing who you are, you don't get to choose. It's chosen for you. And one of the things I love when I talk to Tony Robbins is uh, he, he always says, the reason I made you, I had you come to these events is for you to share pragmatic spirituality. I said, oh, okay. Is that what it's called? I thought it's just common sense spirituality. <laughs> he says, yeah, pragmatic spirituality. Spiritual teachings that can be applied in everyday life. I go, well, I don't take credit for it because I just learned it from my teacher. So and I hope I got point across. We do stand on the shoulders of giants. And I, I do feel like this is the, the responsibility that we have for the next generation is to also clarify how all of these teachings really can merge together because really it's a golden thread. And so, you know, it, it, Tony, you know, talks about, you know, business being a spiritual game. Uh, Krishnaji and Preetaji talk about 
you know, having a spiritual vision, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the, the great book talks about without a vision, people perish. Uh, having this uh, intentional practice within yourself you know, if we recognize our, at our, that our life is an altar and that each moment is its own prayer, then we'll be more sacred to each experience and each present moment that we get to experience with one another. And maybe, perhaps, we'll start to listen more uh, to the <laughs> gifts of one another's wisdom. And as a result, really acknowledge the, the, the essence that's being communicated all the time by this infinite intelligence, this universal power that we all can have access to. And I find that there's a really beautiful responsibility that we get to step into if we choose to start to bring this collective together. And I find that, you know, you know, as, as I mentioned to you, I'm here in India at ECOM and we're having a conversation, you know, about spirituality. I've spent the last month here as a guest, really being, you know, amongst the faculty, very like in, involved in the culture of what they've cultivated here. And mm -hmm. I find that a lot of organizations, they may say or speak of a purpose. Uh, they may uh, talk of how they want to create impact. And the leaders may even, in some cases, embody that. In most cases, embody that. But what I find is that at some points down the line, it starts to lose its fabric of depth and breadth. And do you feel like meditation can be a daily like experience where you don't have to close your eyes and be on a mountain or in a private space, can it be in the way that you're behaving or treating one another? Can it be in the way that you're allowing that uh, interaction of two souls and, and projections to come together to really learn to have more compassion, have more depth of conversation so that then as a result, thoughtful disagreements actually become great solutions for any business practice that can be then applied to a more societal construct that may not necessarily be one of truth. Yes. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it that way because people have the perception meditation is just sitting in the dark and going within. That's one type of meditation there are many types of meditation but meditation can can be divided into yang or yin meditation so the meditation the type of meditation when you're going within that's very yin meditation very still practicing awareness but at the same time there's yang meditation where it's a projecting where i'm meditating on a certain subject of love and kindness and that's what i focus on and it moves my body to move in that direction to serve people to give uh, food to the hungry, or it could be I'm meditating on my business on how this business can serve more people or produce a certain result. So that meditation involves being still, observing internally, and then simultaneously creating the thoughts and emotions that I need while I'm doing that to move in that direction. And if that involves as you said, a conversation with someone who's having a certain conflicting idea than mine, that meditation would be meditating on the viewpoint of, okay, he's not wrong, I'm not wrong, but this is how he perceives the world. This is how I perceive the world. So our thought forms are not gelling. So what if there's a way for me to create a certain thought that's coated with loving energy so that when it hits that person, the person will realize I'm not trying to hurt him or her. I'm simply thinking of a way that will help both of us and the company to go better. So all of that meditation is a matter of practicing that stillness to allow your soul, your mind, your emotions to be in unison to your objective. This can create a really meaningful culture inside of any organization. Yes. Instead of saying, I'm right, you're wrong, you go, let's look at it 
from your viewpoint and see where you're coming from. And if people do that, I think people will will open their hearts more and there'll be more harmony. And, you know, because in the past, right, like people would wake up to the state of meditation, maybe this state of you could call enlightenment or be able to find this peace within. And then they would maybe stay in the mountains or in some sort of a peaceful area. I feel like now is our time to really utilize this core essence in terms of in the cities, in these organizations, wake up to, you know, the masses and really bring this type of philosophy of peaceful conversation and solution oriented perspectives to every area of, you know, society so that it can start to offer more of a, peaceful approach uh in terms of whatever the what you know we we have these I, I you know that we we so much historical things have happened based off of cycles based off of repeating patterns and so by these patterns uh, you know uh, us recognizing you know Pat, tony talks about this pattern recognition pattern utilization and pattern creation it's time mm -hmm. for now to for us to create new patterns for our future generations. And I believe it's our time now, bro. Like, I believe like we get to, we're in this amazing time where we get to utilize this amazing piece within us and then apply it and help others apply it into every area of their behavior because that's really where the moment matters. You know, I don't care how much yoga you do or how much meditation uh you you do if you can't treat a person with deep peace and harmonious conversation where that behavior is a space of compassion and kindness then there's a lot more practice that needs to happen in private before anything can happen in public would you agree to this absolutely in fact um you know you touched on an amazing point which is there's a time to meditate solitary by yourself. There's a time to take the benefits of what you got in that meditation and share it with other people. And that manifests as improved relationship because, you know, if you're not doing your meditation, you're easily agitated. But if you're doing your meditation, when you talk to people, and even though you don't agree, you don't get agitated, you get to see it on the, the viewpoint so that you're, instead of just thinking of what's good for me, there's a sense of opening of the heart and oneness. You go, okay, this is good for me, but can we do it in such a way it's also good for you? And that, I think that's what you're talking about. Without that, people is always focusing on, I jokingly say this, you know, a lot of people are worshiping the Trinity within, me, myself, and I. <laughs> it's instead of saying, hey, how can I, the real I, the spiritual self, recognize the spiritual self in you? That's why we say namaste. And uh, unfortunately, people say namaste just like saying hi, hello, and goodbye, not realizing, hey, namaste really means it's the soul, the I, greeting the being that is using that body in front of me. And so when you do that, your perspective changes because you get to realize, oh, this person is screaming, yelling at me, but actually it's not the soul doing it. It's because of the tendencies of the body, the emotions, and the pain they experience. That's why the soul lost control. That's why they're treating me this way. Ah, okay. Namaste. May you, the soul, be blessed with peace and love. And then your perception of that person changes so much that forgiveness becomes natural. Mm. And that's when you start to see that that person is actually the mirror of your own inner self. Yeah. You get to see, oh, that's some, a lesson I need to learn for myself. Hmm. What do you feel of this ancient saying? I'd love to get your insight on this ancient saying that we're actually here alone. I never heard that before. Yeah, when you say old... alone, in what context? Uh, so the greatest uh, ancient teaching that I've heard from uh, old Egyptian texts is that we're here alone. Hmm. I've never heard that before. 
when we come into this place of oneness of connection uh, and recognizing that all one and alone is actually the same thing well maybe that's connected to what i've studied which we might make share you know we heard of the old testament that you have the ten commandments right and then from that ten commandments the lord jesus summarized it into two saying love god above all love your neighbor as yourself but as you start doing deeper spiritual practices and as you do namaste and you look through someone's eyes, you start to see that God is in them. And so love your neighbor as yourself and love God above all becomes one. There's only one commandment. And that's the secret of oneness. So maybe I'm interpreting that way with what you're saying. I love it. And that's a beautiful interpretation because I do feel like if we start to recognize that the internal mirror and, and the internal world is the external expression and we're connecting more to this essence of the I am, mm -hmm. the more that we're able to then connect to that essence, then we actually start to take more responsibility of the great mirror that's constantly around us. And so taking on 100% responsibility, seeing what can I do better? How can I show up better? How can I be more compassionate with myself? We'll start to then acknowledged our world around us to become even more peaceful perhaps <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> that's the goal you're right yeah and so that that's i think if more of us take on that perspective perhaps where we choose to step into this uh alignment it it, it is something that can affect not only our business, our relationships, our wealth, our family values, uh, but it's really finding this uh, relationship with yourself that you've so beautifully been able to uh, refine for yourself and then pass on by expressing your own gifts to others. So do you feel like it's this relationship that you've refined with yourself that as a result, you were able to then manifest these great, this great pranic healing because it connected you to that deeper sense of I, that great I, and now you're truly at this great state of service that is mm. allowing you to communicate effectively with others because you're just fully in this playful, innocent self, knowing that, you know, as Tony says, this world is our playground, right? That that's the way that we're able to really then contribute our energy because now you're just, you're a vessel. It's coming through you as you. Mm -hmm. Well, um, my perspective, if you don't mind, uh, on, on what you just said, which is brilliant, is until a person realizes who the I really is, we do not know how to interact with this world. So the easiest way, at least the way I understood it is, in order to understand who I am, I have to first realize who or what I'm not. Because until you get there, you, have, you cannot iso isolate it. You won't know who you are. So if I realize that, I'm not this body, I'm using this body. That's one step of realization. Second step, I realize that every feeling and thought is something I created. These thoughts and feelings are not the I. So if I'm not the body, emotions, or thought, what am I? I am the mover, feeler, and thinker. Who am I? I am this spiritual self. Next question, what is this spiritual self made of? Well, it's not made of matter. It's made of pure energy. Because, but if you say energy, the problem is you got Einstein saying energy is mass. It's just converted. But this soul, this spiritual self, doesn't have mass. So the closest thing we have to that of energy with no mass is light. So we'll work with a temporary realization that I am not the body, emotion, and thoughts. I'm a being of light. That is now utilizing the body, the emotions, and thoughts to interact with the physical universe. So when I have that realization, I'm a being of light. A light radiates in every direction. 
that means as I talk to you, Eric, you are also being of light, utilizing this body as a vehicle to communicate with me. But in essence, you are a being of light. So when that happens, if we strip away the physical body, basically you are two like two light bulbs radiating light that interacts. So if that's the case, whether I like it or not, you and I are connected. And if you and I are connected, every living being is a being of light in this physical world. Everybody's connected. That blows my mind. I go, oh, if that's the case, whether I like it or not, we are one. And if we are one, if I hurt you, I'm hurting myself. If I'm loving you, I'm loving myself. If people realize this, they go, yeah. Instead of worrying about if I love myself or not, if I take care of you, I feel good because in reality, I'm taking care of myself. And because of this oneness, if just 1% of the world got this, the world will change. That's why I always say, without spiritual practice, there's no hope. Because without realizing that you're beyond the material world, there will always be greed, there will always be trying to grab for everything, there's always scarcity. But if you realize that we are spiritual beings having this earthly experience, that we're learning and growing, then life will change then I'll start thinking what's only good for me has to be good for you. So that's my idea of pragmatic spirituality. I hope that contributed to your audience. And so much. And, and the way that we're able to communicate it effectively with each other uh, so people are understanding the integration of the difference of language and the uniqueness and the combination. I believe it helps more people that come from different depths and breaths to resonate. And I think this is the thing is that for such a long period of time, so many people uh, in ancient texts have been saying the same thing. And... It's been uh, it's been received in different ways. And so I think now by with us having you know this awareness and the, taking on a responsibility and being excited about it too, like you know we're we're really we love it. We love being who we are and super open to the conversation. I find that as a result of us sharing, it then allows people to resonate and, capture their moments of brilliance where they feel like they're able to now bring in their own experience and it integrates their consciousness to say, ah, that made sense. That's how we can have a breakthrough. And so I always find that, you know, in, in these moments on these, on these interviews or in these, whenever I'm having a, an amazing guest, like I get curious about your perspective and the way that you communicate it because it then allows us to really merge to support, you know, the audience and the people that are watching it later. So thank you, brother. Oh, my pleasure. I, I hope it was not too technical because that's, that's my training and how to take, um, you know, spiritual teachings and put it in a step-by-step -step, uh, fashion, conceptualized. So everyday people who are not yet on the spiritual path could relate to it. That seemed you to be my mission. <laughs> do you feel like we can do a, a small step-by-step -step practice right now? Uh, so for anybody that's watching or listening, uh, like something, something, something brief that you can take us through that if somebody is either at the office having a difficult moment, can tap into uh, this awareness and capture a state of peace? Of course. Yeah, we can do it. I just need uh, three minutes. Is that enough? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, again, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I want to respect your time and, and you know, the respect the time of everybody's watching. So, we'll make it in such a way that anybody can do this, regardless of whether you've been meditating for the last 30 years or you're someone who's new and still get the result that you want. So, Step one, I need you to put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. This allows the energy channel to be connected. Then sit comfortably. 
close your eyes. I want you to first observe your body. How is it sitting or laying down or standing? Whatever your body position is, I want you to simply observe your body. And then silently, just ask the simple question, what is being observed? The answer would be obviously the body. The more important question is, who is observing the body? Don't answer it. Just ask the question, who is observing this body? Be still. Now observe your body breathing. Observe your body inhaling. And observe your body exhaling. Just watch it. And ask a simple question. Who is observing the breathing of this physical body? Just wait for the answer. And most of the time, the answer will come back. I am. I'm watching and observing this body. Now, observe the body breathing. Put your gentle attention on the breath. Inhale slowly. Hold. Exhale slowly. And hold. This is your natural breathing cycle. Inhale, hold, exhale, hold, inhale slowly, hold, allow your awareness to just settle in that hold, in that space, and exhale, Hold, settle in that space of hold. Gently inhale once more. Hold, stay there. And exhale. Hold, just stay there and enjoy. Gently inhale once more. Hold. Allow your awareness to settle in that space. And let your body exhale on its own as your awareness and consciousness stays in that space. Your body inhales and exhales on its own naturally as your consciousness just drifts deeper and deeper into that empty space and filling it. The I am within you, the spiritual self, is not the body, not the breath. The body and the, the breathing of the body continues naturally as you, the spiritual self, embark on this journey into pure energy and light. Pure nothingness. Be still and just simply let go and let things be. Now, any sound, any noise your body hears will just help you drift deeper and deeper in this pure nothingness. And just simply let go. Now. You, the spiritual self, 
are immersed in an ocean of brilliant light. You, the spiritual self, the soul, is immersed in an ocean of divine love, ananda, divine ecstasy, divine bliss, ananda, 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 let go. Gently, very slowly, just very gently and slowly, very gently and slowly, slide back into your physical form. Gently move your fingers, move your toes a little bit, gently and slowly come back to your physical consciousness. And whenever you're ready, you can slowly and gently open your eyelids. Take your time. That's three minutes. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm glad you're able to add some value to, uh, you know, people's lives. And so much value. And you constantly do it, Master Ko. I'm super grateful for you. And do you feel, uh, you know, before we leave, that this is something that can be integrated even more into into businesses? into organizations Definitely. absolutely if they were to take like a mid-morning break just take three minutes five minutes doing this or maybe the afternoon or even right before going home so you don't have to take all your stress and dump it to your family that alone would be help right before people have a meeting you know they just get together okay let's do some breathing exercise for two three minutes just clear our minds so you're walking into that meeting, everybody's clear. Instead of going in and, you know, on, on battle mode, you'll change everything. Amazing. So if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to find out more information or how to connect with you? Or maybe if they want to bring you into their organization or find out how uh, you can facilitate something like this. 
well, the easiest one you see it there, uh, go to our website, masterco.org. And, uh, you know, you can send an email, you can follow me. We, we have, I do, I guide meditation six times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 AM, 6 PM. So whatever time zone you are, we'll cover you. And it's free. We don't cost, it doesn't cost anything. We just want to make sure people are on a spiritual routine. Otherwise, you know, people, I've seen, I've heard people say this. It's like, oh, I'm stressed out. I need to meditate. It seems like meditation for them is something they do to fix something. While we look at it, no, it's part of your life. It's part of your breathing, your eating, your moving. It should be part of you, not something you do to fix something. And once people get on the routine of that, they can't live without it because once they stop, even for a week or two, it's like, oh, I can think clearly. I get easily agitated. But if they're doing the meditation, they're more compassionate. They're not easily triggered. And uh, they make better decisions. So there's no downside. I love it. And I say that eventually the meditation becomes the walk of life. Everywhere you go, every person you speak with, it's all it becomes a great meditation. <laughs> so uh, Life is meditation, right? <laughs> yes. Brother, last question. If you had three days left to live, what would you do? If I have three days left to live, I'll first look at whatever I have and who do I give it everything to. That's one. And then the second thing is I'll look at my life to see what I have contributed. And if I've not contributed enough, I'll see in the last three days how I can jack it up and really contribute more so that I will leave this place better than when I first came in. That's what, that's what I would do. Thank you so much for your time, your energy. Do you have anything that you want to share? Last things that you want to share? No, uh, everything I think is obvious. If if you first know who you are, I mean, that's the most important thing. I always tell people, this is what I learned from my teacher. Know who you are, what you are, where you come from. You get, get these things answered every single day, your life will change. Who I am, what I am, where do I come from? You get these things answered, you look at life very, very differently. Absolutely. Namaste, my brother. Namaste. Take good care. Wishing you happiness and joy always. Yes. And thank you for everything, my friend. Uh, if you need anything, um, I'm here for you. Uh, I'm grateful. This was amazing. And I'll send you all of the details and all the information uh, for you to share, uh, the post-production, things like this. Uh, I have one question, if it's possible. Of course. I would really love if you feel like we were able to deeply connect for a meaningful mission uh, on this podcast, if it resonated, um, if you're, if it's possible to see if you feel like myself and Sage can have a conversation or if she'd be open to jumping on the podcast. Um, and if you want to just pass on the information or if you feel like it's something that would be of value, I'd love your support um, because I find that we all have a meaningful mission to come together. And uh, I know that having her awareness uh, even more out there uh, is so important. And if this feels like something that resonates with you uh, by connecting and making that happen, I'd be super grateful, brother. Okay, I'll, I'll mention it to her when I see her. Uh, I, I think it's something that I don't text her with. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll see her... Yeah, in a few weeks, right? Plat Financial, not a few weeks, uh, next month. So, uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do. It means a lot, brother. I really do appreciate oh. that. And uh, I'll do whatever I can. Thank and you, likewise, man. if anything else I can do for you, just let me know. Yeah, and if you need anything as well, you know, same thing. It would be, yeah, I'm here for you. And, um, you know, I find that we're moving, we're moving on an upward trajectory. Uh, I'm creating, you know, some pretty amazing events in Australia. Uh, and maybe there's a way we can really uh, create something even more meaningful uh, together uh, in the future, brother. Okay. Thank you, brother. Just keep me uh, informed and then I'll do my best if I can contribute in any way. Enjoy India. It's a magical place. Yes. <laughs> I've been there many times. So been okay. here for take it care. Tomorrow, so it's been a blessing. I've been spending a lot of time with the villages, the kids, the foundation mm -hmm. here. 
uh, we've done some pretty amazing things. And, uh, you know, Ananda Giri and uh, everybody here has been just un unbelievable. Well, you're in the right place at the right time. <laughs> That's all I can say. Lucky guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Take good care. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Minds. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, make sure you take the time to take a look at what we're doing at Balanced Media Ventures and how we can actually really support you in doubling your impact, your income, and your influence, and how you can bring your life's greatest vision into your purpose and create it from that level of reality. Talk to you soon.